0: Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak. And today we actually have a special guest. Eric's not here with us. Normally he's here every podcast, but today we have a special guest. His name is Kendall Graves. He's one of our staff. Um, He's one of our mentors that goes to school sites. Um, And I just want to do a quick little introduction. Kendall, share about yourself, who you are, what position you have here at Justice for Youth, what you do, and we'll just kind of get, get started
1: on our podcast and what we're discussing today. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, as, uh, as you say, yeah, my name is Kendall. I'm a mentor here I st- for almost a year now. I think my one year will be in March, uh, started as a volunteer, uh, but now, uh, uh, as Paul said, I'm a mentor three. I do, uh, restorative circles and on point on different campuses throughout Pomona's unified school district, mainly working with middle and high school students. Uh, we focus on building up their character through, uh, restorative justice circles, uh, listening circles, hearing them out, and just uh, mentoring them and accompanying them on their journeys. Uh, and it's been a, a great experience, and uh, it's been great for me particularly because uh, I myself was a, a student with the organization when it was first getting started at uh, mm-hmm. Pomona High School yeah. back in the day. Uh, see, that's about like 14, about 14, 15 years ago. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to have that turnaround and uh, to once be a part of the or- organization and mm-hmm. to now be giving back and mentoring students uh it's a beautiful thing yeah
0: oh uh, speaking about that like wh- what do you see like i mean it's great to see you as a kid now as an adult working with the organization but like what do you see different with the kids um is that by able to share your story with the kids does that help them to break down the ice and let them see like hey man like i was in the same place you are like how does that work how does that work
1: for you and, and what you're doing
0: on yeah, sites yeah
1: definitely um uh, you know, a lot of my story. Uh, then, when I'm able to break uh, break it down with the students, you know, a lot of uh, our our youth uh, relate to it. You know, the uh, the struggle to find our our identity, our place. You know, overcoming the, the hella obstacles that be put in our in our way at yeah. times to just succeed. So, being able to share my story with them kind of gives them hope and showing them that like you know, I went through the struggle too, but I was able to bounce back, show that resiliency, yeah. uh, make it you know, go through community college and eventually get to University of Laverne, you know, so showing them that there's the path and there's a journey that uh, yeah. we're all on and uh, that, you know, take it step by step and that, you know, whatever stuff we're going through now or wherever we're at in our lives, you know, it's temporary and with yeah. hard work, you know,
0: we yeah. can get out of it. Would you say your story and what you went through is, is part of the reason why you want to give back and are now working at Justice for You? or what was the big urge? Like, I mean, you were a volunteer. I remember seeing you for it wasn't a month or two it was it was a couple months almost a year if not more that you would come around
1: volunteer help out when you can and
0: mm-hmm. then
1: yeah was, yeah be, uh definitely you know uh i grew up not uh, with my mom who's a single mom uh no father figure uh, in my household so having mentors uh those a part of justice for you to be a part of my life you know when i was coming up you know having having that guidance people to walk with me to be able to share my struggles with you know that's a big thing and seeing this generation you know not only what they go through with COVID but pre-COVID you know there's a lot that you know these youth don't have that positive male figure that positive just overall figure who they can turn to and know that they have their best interest so that was kind of a goal for me like showing them my journey and that you know I'm there for you you know I'm willing to hear you out I'm willing to walk with you I think that makes a big impact when you have somebody who believes in you, no matter what stage you're at, you know, just showing that I'm willing to invest in you. And even when things don't go right, you know, I'm still going to ride with you, you know? So I think that's key to getting uh, our I Promise youth uh, to see bigger potential in their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that, Kendall. Um, And uh, Kendall actually does something
0: special with us. He does our community circles. um, And as a restorative justice organization, community circles are vital to who we are because They're an opportunity for us to go into the community and hear from the community about what's going on, what are their needs, what are their struggles, and we're able to bring that back to the city, Mm -hmm. bring that back to our communities, and be like, hey, like this is what we need to be providing. What can you do? What's going on? Um, And so, um, Kendall, do you mind sharing like deeper? Like you're there every month, providing community circle throughout the city of Pomona. What are some experiences that you've seen? What what something that you know? What was one of the highlights and then maybe something that was like, what kind of shocked you like when you heard from the communities like, hey, like this is a struggle or something that we're dealing with and and kind of
1: go from there? Yeah, uh, but like you said, this is a a big, a big initiative on our, what we really want to do here at Justice View to, uh, it's actually being a big part in the community, you know, not just sitting back and saying, come to us, but actually going out and showing our faces and going toward to them. So. Uh, about, I'll say about May is when we started our community listening circles, and we strive to go to different districts throughout all of Pomona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the goal is really to hear out the residents, you know, what are their concerns, you know, where, where in their neighborhood needs to be improved, how can we better uplift their voice mm-hmm. so that their voice is being heard. You know, a lot of times, um, I know our, our congressmen uh, people at times have our best interests, but they may think one thing is going on in the community and this may be the biggest need. But how often are they directly hearing from the the community, directly hearing from those people who don't always have access to get to a a city council meeting, to go to these meetings to voice their concerns? So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to help be a bridge to that so we can hear them out. How can we bring the community together and then, you know, not only talk about it, but make that change? So throughout our community circles, we invite uh, different uh, Congress members to come out and actually hear uh, big uh, ups to, uh, Congress member Ontiverus Cole, yeah. uh, Nolte, mm-hmm. Pres- uh, Preciado, uh, many of the congressmen were actually come out, hear from their constituents, uh, and then it's a time for us to just have solidarity, uh, break bread together. You know, uh, we've partnered with Pomona's Promise, uh, for the past few community circles to actually, uh, engage the community even more. Um, so it's a, it's an opportunity for our organization to be uh, more proactive in how we spark change in our community. You know, we we have so we see so much potential in Pomona, and we want to make it uh, a community where we all can hear each other, uh, we all can be listened to, and that uh, the things that matter to us most are actually going to be uh, you know acted upon by the people who have the power to do so. Uh, so it's something we continue to do. We want to continue to go to. We're going to continue our community listening circles in the future. Um, we actually have one coming up on uh, in February. Yeah, it's going to be at JC Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody listening, uh, please be on the lookout on our social media as we promote that. And anybody in the area, we would definitely want you guys to come out and just speak on what improvements need to be made. You know. Yeah. Um, so, um,
0: do you find it uh, more beneficial when a city council member, <laughs> like you said, like Preciado, uh, Miss Cole, and these other individuals come out? Um, do you, are they more of an active participant? Do they want to sit and listen? Because I know sometimes when council members come, like they want to be in charge and like take control. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like th- this isn't that time, right? This is more of like we want to give charge in, to the community to those who live around the parks and in the neighborhoods, right? Or, or yeah, yeah so that, that's a little a, bit more
1: there. Exactly right. You know, it's a, it's not a time for uh, the congress uh, members to come out and speak on what they feel is the the needs or what they feel like they've already been doing. Yeah. But what? How does what is the community feeling? How are they reacting mm-hmm. to how the environment is? How the neighborhood is uh, being? Uh, you know, positioned and being fought for uh, for different people. So it is, like you said, a space for the congress to sit back, listen, and be uh, open ears, you know? Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so like if you're in the community, like you don't have to be afraid
0: um, that, you know, they're not going to listen to you. And I guess like what do you do as a facilitator to make sure like the voices are being heard and the conversations are being brought out um, to really know? Because I know sometimes. People can be scared of sharing what's really going on. Um, They might be fearful in their community, whether it's because of the gang violence or, you know, heirs not being safe. What do you do to make it more of a comfortable place
1: for people to voice what's really going on and and to hear from the community? Yeah, and that's essentially what we do. We we try to be uh, as open as we can, like Mm -hmm. a family. Uh, We want to invite as many people in and try to ensure their safety, but that's a great point you brought up, you know. We've had... on numerous occasions, people wanted to speak to us about what they feel are the needs or what needs to be addressed. But as you said, uh, the fear of retaliation has come up multiple times. How do I know that if I, what I say in these circles aren't going to get back to somebody who in the in the neighborhood who doesn't like what I said yeah. and then tries to get back at me? Yeah. Uh, that is an obstacle we've had, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, we try to still get their voice by, okay, maybe anonymously a nomin- a get their information. Uh, maybe... Uh, before or after the circle, we still chop it up, we're still able to talk, we still we still yeah. want the individual to voice their concerns, but maybe not as much as in a public forum, Yeah, you know, and then those concerns are then relayed to Congress members, re- relayed to the people who can actually make a difference and yeah. hopefully make that change, but that is a struggle, especially as you may know in, in the neighborhoods we work with, you know, yeah. there's a, a power struggle at times, you know, uh, and that usually at times silences people, uh, but that's why we're there, you know, yeah. so that we're out there people don't have to come looking to use their voice we're here we're in the neighborhood uh, we're willing to listen to whatever the needs are again like before after um just being that presence usually gives people more uh, autonomy and more power to step up and say something when we're actually there with willing to listen to them but always you know as you said um it remains a a struggle at times for those some deeper issues to come out Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like i said for that fear of retaliation
0: yeah No, that's good. Um, And I'm curious, like, so you've been doing this for about a year. um, So you've probably already done almost 12 different listening circles. What would you say is one common theme that you see, you hear and you see a lot within our community specifically, but even within
1: your work, uh, what you see in here? You know, there's always a a variety, Um, safety, people want cleaner streets, but a lot of the uh, neighborhoods we go to, uh, parents and youth alike want a safe environment for their kids and for themselves to come out and be able to, you know, enjoy the parks, enjoy the city, um, yeah. without fearful, uh, you know, interference from outside. So, yeah. from the negative the, influences. From the negative influences outside, that has been a big one, um, another big one though is that many of our parks here in Pomona, uh, we have like community centers throughout yeah. many of the parks. And from the community circles we've done, 80% of them, 80 to 90% of them are run down. Mm -hmm. The the different community circle uh, centers that are located in parks are run down, not open. Mm -hmm. Um, They're being unused. And families and youth have voiced, you know, what can the city do to open up these facilities to Mm -hmm. make it so this is a place where... Students can go after school so they can be part of the park and get that physical education that families can take their uh, their uh, families can take their kids and loved ones to the park on the weekends uh, to these facilities and they can hold more events. Uh, That has been a big one. So on that, though, I mean, couldn't the city say because of COVID, um, you know, a lot of the the things have been closed or were these places closed even before COVID? Uh, COVID has can. Continue to keep them closed, but a majority of them have been closed for years. Okay. Uh, and it seems like families don't really understand why they're they're there without anybody trying to, you know, open them, clean them up, have them as a used facility for the community. Yeah. Um, that's a big one too. But uh, another one I want to voice that, you know, not too many people, you know, think about when we think about these community circles. Um, you know, the uh, we have a population that of. Uh, community uh, members who are in transit transition between housing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people want to say that, that they call them the homeless. But I don't, they're individuals and not the homeless, you yeah. know? And throughout some of our community circles, we've had people who are living in transition, whether it's in their car or from park to park, mm-hmm. actually participate in our circles, you know? And um, they understand that, you know, seeing individuals at different locations without a home, maybe not as clean can be fearful, but it's important that we uplift their voice as well that mm. they've stressed that they just want to be seen as individuals as humans you know not as the homeless or as the problem or yes. as somebody who needs to be dealt with you know just get rid of you know yeah. um, you know they're individuals they're human beings trying their best who may be down in their luck who who just need that extra support you know and a lot of times people when we see individuals living in transit, it's almost uh well, oh, well for you, uh, you need to do better. Yeah. what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this instead of what support do you need? How can yeah. we better assist you uh, what 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 gaps are missing in in our social services mm-hmm. that aren't reaching you so that we can better is it is it affordable housing? Is it not being able to get clean closings for a job interview?
0: Yeah,
1: is it the mental uh, do they have mental uh, disabilities that aren't being attended to? that hold them back. So there, there are a lot of factors that go into place with our homelessness in Pomona, but uh, they have uh, many of them have voiced uh, a concern that they're seen as the other almost, if you know that concept. Mm-hmm. And when you think of somebody as the other, you kind of see them aside of not part of the community. Mm-hmm. You see them as somebody who's infiltrated, who needs to be eliminated,
0: yeah. who it's doesn't de- deserve... De- demonization you know.
1: and, and And that's a big problem, I think, that factors into why, you know, this concern isn't been addressed ever. I'm, I'm, this is a, a decade long, a year. This is not an issue that's been going on, you know, overnight, yeah. but it's something that I think we need to reimagine when mm-hmm. we think about uh, individuals in, tra- in transition from housing, because they are a community too, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we kind of think of too many, too many times are those community members who have nice houses, who are elite, have a roof over their head, who can come out and shower. But, uh, I think more, more emphasis needs to be shown and more grace and more love needs to be concerned to those members of our community as well. Yeah, and, and I know that's just a challenge for a lot of people just because
0: of, as you mentioned, like the perception, right, of how people are perceived. And naturally, it's a lot easier to look down upon. And people also had bad stories with, you know, one and you know, associate you know, that one issue with one, one individual, um, with everyone. Um, mm-hmm. It's very easy to, to lump people into groups. Um, and I mean, you, you just named a lot. Um, I guess what, one question on that is like, what, what would you say is one, one answer or one assistance that we could do as a community to better support those who are in transit? Is it, you know, a lot of people in transit because of lack of jobs and resources financially? Um, is it because there aren't places to live? Um, what
1: are you you kind of seeing, hearing? Yeah, it's a it's a multitude of factors that you know kind of squash into one big dilemma that they have. You know, Okay. it's uh, and it, it all kind of like on your shoulders. Another another brick on your shoulders. Another brick on your shoulders that continue to push them down. Mm. But uh, you know, showing that love when we see them, and you know, just us being in the community and showing lending a hand. You know, showing them that we we see them and respect them. That that goes a long way, but. More tangible things, you know. I know the city is working on it. Uh, more, of course, affordable housing for them. Uh, access to resources. I, I know a lot of times it's have There had to be proactive in, in reaching out. But same way we out Justice for Youth, and we're out doing community listening circles. Maybe more services and more, uh, you know, individuals and more organizations can come out uh, to where we see a lot of individuals in transition are li- are staying and actually come to them. Mm. You know. Um, why can't we take the step to assist them? Why do why are we saying they need to do this? Um, they need to do that. Uh, when there's so many factors already on their shoulders, where it's just getting around, you know, they don't have cars, they don't have licenses. Uh, not saying everyone, but many of them don't. Many of them don't have access to get to clothing for those job interviews. And then if they don't, it's a lot of employers see them in that negative way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's a compounding factors, but... Just being there in the community and showing them and going to them in a more positive way uh, and not looking down on them, I think is the first step for sure. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, And, I mean, you shared a lot about it. And I guess one thing is, like,
0: was there something that kind of surprised you uh, when it came to listening circles about something that (coughs) either um, a youth said, a, a person in transit, a parent, a guardian, a family member, someone in the community that kind of, like, shocked you a little bit?
1: Um, working with all these youth in the community, you know, they all have stories, right? Yeah. And you kind of get a sense of, like, dang, here we go. So, now, it kind of sucks that it's so many of the youth go through so many uh, obstacles and tough times that it's not almost not too much of a shock, but we've had stories of youth talking about being shot at at parks, being run up on. I'm talking about 11, 12-year-olds, wow. you know. Uh, you know, individuals having to see their best friend get killed in their bedroom, and then having to sit there and w- wait for them for the ambulance to come. Um, you know, parents having to deal with you know their their kids finding drugs at the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stories are lim- are are unlimited, unlimited uh, yeah, And it, it's that concern. This it is more feeds into that uh, need that us as mentors just need to. Sometimes they just need to vent vent out to us. And that's our point for these listening circles is mm-hmm. for them to express what they go through, yeah. to to be able to voice, you know, where they're struggling, where it's hard for them. For us to not only, and in listening, right, When listening is not just, okay, we heard you, move on. But what actions are we going to take mm-hmm. so that we can help uh, better assist? So that when these stories and these uh, experiences come up, we can help build that resiliency factor in them so it's not so much well you know it's tough when you have hear these stories of you know you get down on anxiety and depression and you kind of it's hard at times for our youth in our community to keep pushing when they go through these experiences day in and day out month after month and it seems like when is it gonna stop but you know when we when we have mentors there with them and we try to create uh, experiences more positive experiences in their life and show them a more more positive potential in their lives you know that's that's what we do as mentors and that's our job when we're not when we're having these listening circles to be able to fill those gaps in and you know we're not going to be able to you know every student and every youth and every community member uh you know they it's it's a lot you know but we can do our best to be there to put on to be there in the community to be a positive influence uh, and that's what we strive to do awesome and thank you for, for that, uh, Kendall. That's been a lot and it's been really good. And
0: just as a reminder, we have one uh listening circle coming up. You said JC Park. Do you have a date
1: for that? Yet? Yes, we do. Um, uh let me just make sure I get the right, get it's, the right, it's date. right Saturday. So I'm yeah, not yeah. uh giving everybody the wrong date. Yeah. But it will be in February. It will be February, February the 26th. Okay. February 26th at JC Park. Uh, it'll be 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Okay. We usually stay there till about 1.32 afterwards to just chop it up, grab yeah. a little bit more, hear people out, and just uh, continue to build in that community. But it'll be 12 to 1. We want to respect people's times. We know a lot of people come in have have plans, and we don't. We just want to respect what you guys have going on. But anybody listening, we uh we we really want you to come out, uh, especially if you have uh, you know ideas and concerns and ways we can improve our neighborhood mm-hmm. for the better. Awesome. Thank you so much,
0: Kendall, and thank you for tuning in um, this month again and checking out the Life in the Urban City podcast. Um, You know, share us, uh, like it, leave a comment, review, um, so that, you know, we could better serve your needs and what you're trying to hear within our our podcast and to get more people engaged and to understand what's going on here in Pomona as well as um, communities around the world. So take care. See you guys next month. Peace.